This is Resist and Renew. The UK-based podcast about social movements. What we're fighting for, why, and how it all happens. The hosts of the show are... Me, Kat. Uh, me, Sammy. And me, Ali. I'm recording this now, baby. Shit, it's a podcast! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. Um, welcome to this episode of the Resist and Renew podcast. Um, tonight we're really glad to be joined by Savan um, from the No Evictions Network. Uh, Savan is Kurdish. He joined the No Evictions Network in January 2021. He is a student studying political economy and philosophy, as well as being a human rights activist and campaigner. Welcome. It's so great to have you tonight. Thank you very much, Kathleen and Sammy. Thank you for having me. Great. So we're going to start with the first question. Um, which is, what is the political context that you're organizing in? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, in general, well, I, I suppose answer on behalf of No Eviction. So what No Eviction does at the moment, uh, we are concentrating on a few things. One of them is basically what we stand for is No Eviction. We're trying to see, uh, we don't want to see any eviction uh, in Glasgow in general because that's our capacity in Glasgow, but also we were trying to influence other organisations to do the same around Scotland and even in the UK. Um, we're focusing on that and also the new immigration bills. One of the things I am focusing on, I've got a group, we are trying to resist as much as possible and trying to raise awareness and also uh, uh, influence, influence the, the politicians to stand up against uh, the immigration bill. And one of the things it was, I'm sure you're both familiar with, the Camel Street event. It was trying to, obviously it was about eviction and arresting people during a Muslim celebration, trying to put two people behind uh, the van and stuff like that. So we have a group monitoring the immigration van and trying to be there for them, be there for the people who are at risk to be, you know, we we call that kidnapping in our in our way to say kidnapping and actually taking them to somewhere we don't know and nobody else know and we have a group focusing on that raising awareness in East Ends and in those areas we're focusing on the, those areas that mainly refugees and asylum seekers living in and we're trying to gain touch with the community basically we're trying to raise awareness from the sh- local community with the shop and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the neighbors and all of that so we're trying to we're, tr- we're trying to let them know that's what's going on if you notice something please give us a call or please stand up you know trying to hold them off till we're going to be there and we're trying to you know save lives as much as possibly can so that's what we mainly broadly we focusing on thanks so much for sharing it sounds like really varied work as well that you're doing both like on the ground stopping the kidnapping from happening but also this raising awareness within the community so more people know um, and and for people that maybe are a little bit less familiar um, with what's going on with the immigration system and with evictions more generally could you just share a little bit for us about kind of what's what's happening at the moment why why is this resistance needed yeah sure so we have uh, we have broken immigration system we have you very broken immigration system and in recent years and under uh, Priti Patel's the Home Secretary is going to be more broken and demolished. So if eviction and arresting people and kidnapping them has been in, it has a long history actually it's not it's not a new thing I know Camera Street highlighted that mm-hmm. uh, than any other time. 
but it's been happening and it was happening and it's still happening so basically what they've done is the people with failed asylum seekers failed asylum seekers are those people where they've been here for 10 years over 10 years but they're undocumented migrants um, so home, what home office do you know usually they don't even send a notice for for the applicant for the person so they just go to their house six o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, as if they go, you know, they they react into a terror uh, event. You know what I mean? So so they go there, arresting them while they're sleeping, with no respect for their human rights and nothing like that. Put them in a van without letting them know where they go, how they go, um, all of all of this kind of stuff. So uh, they completely undermine the human rights and mm -hmm. the human rights and the completely uh, disrespecting human being in general and those people at the end of the day they might not have a piece of paper say they're legal seekers they well they have blood and meat like all of us so they're human and they need to be treated as the way we all been treated even if you take a legal action do it in a legal way that you normally do for any other human being any citizen you know so they make a big difference they treat these human beings, just because they're not citizen, uh, a citizen, or they don't have citizenship, they they don't hold any citizenship. They treat them like very inhumanely. But uh, whereas you know, in compare, in you know, in country, they treat other people rightly with the justice system. With they let them know in notice that's the court date, that's where you're gonna go. All of this information, they don't have these things. And sometimes they go. I know I talk too much. Please stop me when whenever no, you want to. Because you have to remind. <laughs> so. They, they put them in a deport center without letting them know, without having a legal access. And even nowadays with the new immigration law, they're trying to uh, take so many more rights, legal rights away, they cannot challenge that. So uh, I would like to stop here. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank, thank you, Savan. And I think, uh, firstly, no, please, uh, please talk as much as you like. Uh, I think we're definitely mm -hmm. enjoying it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, thank you for that uh, information about like, the broader context the current like immigration system and things like that because and i think it's really important what you said that i also agree that people can act as if if like evictions de um like detention deportation all of these things can can be considered to be like, quite like new things and people will talk about the hostile environment and so i think it's really important to make the point that like these things have been going on way longer than the phrase the hostile environment in the uk mm -hmm. uh for decades if not longer depending on what kind of stuff you bring into scope so i think it's really important to ground ground ourselves in that when we think about it um so you said a little bit about um no evictions network and the work you do and you you talked a little bit about um having some like glasgow focused work because you there's at least some kind of link with glasgow and the no evictions network but please correct me if i'm wrong um but also you mentioned some wider stuff around like scotland and maybe the wider UK and things like that. So could you see a little bit more about like what like where, what what does your organization kind of like focus on and what you're about? Like is it a Glasgow thing? Is it a Scotland thing? Is it a UK thing? Like what do you see as the focus of the group? Very good question. So we have uh, so we basically work on events and on necessity. For example, in Glasgow, we have the highest number of, you know, refugees compared, for example, to Ayrshire. In Ayrshire, for example, mm -hmm. East Ayrshire, we might have five or six refugees here. Although we, we're not thinking about ignoring them just because they're less number or outnumber. But mm -hmm. so the main focus we, 
is on Glasgow because just because of the high number of refugees and obviously when there is high number of refugees and asylum seekers there will be high number of events and incidents but in terms of uh, broader work together when it comes to for example uh, when the issue requires more collaboration for example we had a, an act that we were working with every organization in the UK from London Manchester around the UK, Edinburgh, of Scotland, Wales, so it was, it was kind of very uh, collective. It was, uh, it was against Mears, Mears group, so we we're trying to expose the, you know, the managers and stuff like that. So for that, it was a, a collection work around all around the UK, because Mears group also had a house in, for example, in Manchester and place like that. So we had shared values and all organization came together Obviously, unity is one of the things we are mm, focusing on. We're trying to be united. We, we're trying to be all organizations to come together because I think together we have stronger voice and we, we have stronger influence on um, on the policy and on, on government. So, uh, but when the situation only requires one particular area, for example, in Glasgow, we have more capacity in Glasgow because actually, you know, eviction uh, was in Glasgow so the beginning of no eviction was started in Glasgow. It was the time that Serco changed in the locks. So basically you were going out, you were a migrant, you were going out to see your friend and coming home, your lock was changed. So you were evicted and you were homeless by then and your stuff was right outside of the door. So no eviction started resisting that, make a lot of change. Uh, so that's why our members mainly in Glasgow, but we are working, we're trying very hard and we've been successful of gathering other organization and uh, to have a collective work. Great, thank you. I hope I answered the question. You definitely did. Um, and you, you gave me a lot of thoughts, which mean I want to ask you a follow-up question as well, if that's okay, <laughs> which is, um, you, um, it sounds like you, in terms of what your group focuses on, what No Evictions Network focuses on, it sounds like there's a bit of a balance of a few different kind of tactics. Is this fair? Like, it sounds like there's a little bit of stuff around what maybe you could call like direct action or like kind of like direct resistance work of like trying to stop evictions, kidnappings as they happen, trying to stop people getting detained in immigration raids, things like that. And there's also an aspect of it, which is more like kind of maybe campaigning work, which is maybe what you mentioned with the campaign against Mears, which I'm sure we'll probably uh, ask you maybe another question about later. You absolutely got it right. That's what we, that's mm -hmm. what no eviction does. We have our priority. I think the urgent matters for us is the eviction matters. Obviously, when when you talk about human rights and protecting others, it's always urgency, the matter of urgency. But some, some matters are more urgent than others. So eviction, when we know mm -hmm. some people who are going to be evicted, so we have more direct action. So what we've done, we organized uh, communities uh, in each area. East End, for example, we have in Pollock Show, so we have group each so that they can go act as quick as possible so we managed to organize that and it works quite well so we have always few people there and to let us know if there's something going wrong but in terms of campaigning yes of course we have a group all of us we're doing that and we're doing the campaigning work as well mm -hmm. and the campaigning uh, side now is focusing on the new immigration bill mm -hmm. amazing thank you and i think it's um I think it really what what I'm 
getting from partly from your answer is like how important it is to have that really like locally grounded and like locally rooted resistance stuff because like you mentioned for people that aren't like uh maybe as glasgow familiar like east end pollock shields these places you're mentioning are they're like areas of glasgow right um and so like having that really like locally locally rooted locally grounded resistance sounds uh really important and it's and i think that focus on glasgow because there is a high density of like p people um who can like coordinate and who can struggle together there sounds very like tactically sensible i think like i i come from my perspective um i'm part of a group which does work against like immigration raids in like a in a borough of london as well so i'm seeing like a, i see a lot of affinity there which makes sense because i've also i think with i've had chats with people from no evictions network before about uh immigration raidy stuff um but i think yeah it reminded me there's a there's a resource that we made uh in our um anti-raids group to map where immigration raids happen in london to give people an idea in places where they're not already organizing against immigration raids to say like if you live in this place like this would be a really good thing to struggle around because like there are a lot of immigration raids that happen there's a lot of attempted kidnappings that the state will do in our communities and there's stuff you can do about it and i think no evictions network chemistry and otherwise is like a really good model for that so so thank you thank you for your work Savannah. <laughs> uh, so I'll stop gushing, uh, Catherine. <laughs> no, I'll enjoy listening to you. Yeah, you should gush. Gushing's great. interested um to know like wh how does being like what does being part of no evictions network look like if you can give it paint a bit of a picture like as in do you have like like regular meetings like do you have different meetings like the different bits of stuff because you mentioned some campaign things you've mentioned some like more direct actiony things do people like is there like different working groups that focus on different bits? Like, how does it how does it work? You don't necessarily need to share loads of detail if you're not comfortable with it, because obviously sometimes groups, when they're like you know struggling against the state, don't want to lay out all of the detail of what they do and how they do it. But if there's anything you could speak to on that, sure, uh, of course, it'd be really interesting. I think I'm the most layout person with authority. You know, I've always went to protests. Everyone say when the police came and says who organized this, everyone say oh we just we all organized. They say I organized it. Because I know I'm there for a good reason and I'm not there to do something stupid. So, unlike, you know, what they do to the people. So, uh, basically, No Eviction got a every month meeting and got a different group as well. So, uh, we have group anti-raid group. Um, we have we have group, the No Immigration anti, uh, anti -immigration Bill, the New Immigration Bill. We have a group that uh, campaigning on that. And we have a comms group dealing with you know the communications press conference well not press conference not that big yet but pr uh, press release and stuff mm -hmm. like that sorry and also uh, we have group response group so what we do is not just campaigning and 
activism and resistance to eviction. We also have a response team that we help in asylum seekers and refugee with food and clothes and stuff like that. Because what's so great about no eviction, we have uh, people from every walks of life. We have people manager in a charity show. We have people. We have PhD doctor. We have we kind of have people in every sector uh, uh, in in the society. So when asylum seeker asks for help, we always got someone to stand up and say, okay, I can offer something. So we have the response team who has to help in asylum seekers out in their daily needs and basic thing. And we have anti-rage groups that they have the different focus. They're trying to raise awareness and share and leaflet and stuff like that. We have our group, the, no immigra uh, the new immigration bill, anti-immigration bill. We are trying to campaign and protest most likely. So we have regular meeting. Each group got their different timing for meetings and different mm -hmm. way that they uh, organize events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But we all do under one umbrella, which mm -hmm. is no eviction. Right? Mm -hmm. And that no eviction is under one umbrella, which is humanitarian. Amazing, thank you. I love it as a description. Um, and I think it's, I think it's really, I really like the model of all of those different things existing within one group. Because in some places you'd have like, maybe there'd be like a direct support group that would do like support with food and stuff like that. And maybe you'll have another group that will do like eviction resistant stuff. And then you'll have another group that will do like campaigning. That's often the case in London where I live because, the, but just because there's so many people, there's so many groups and things like that, that it can become a little bit more specialized. So I think it's really nice that in No Evictions Network, you've got all of those things kind of all working together under one, under one banner. Uh, I imagine it makes the collaboration between the different bits easier than if they were all different mm -hmm. groups. Absolutely, yeah, because we have, I mean, whereas I'm, I'm focusing on the no immigration bill, when there is a need uh, in a response team, I'll go, when there is a need in the comms group, I'll go and vice versa. So it's like, we always, we're very interconnected together. Mm. Resilience, that's what they call that, right? Like each <laughs> bit can support each other bit. Mm -hmm. Love it. So good. Um... Yes, yeah, so I think you, you mentioned already, but we're just wanting to bring attention to what you're focusing on now. Um, and you mentioned the new immigration bill um, is an area of work that you're currently working on. I'm just wondering if you could share a bit more about about that. Yes, of course. So uh, I'm not trying to take any credit, but once the no immigration bill before it started going the first reading in, in the House of Commons, so I started shouting out on Twitter. It was so hard to make people aware of what's going on. If some, you know, one can say I'm not politically engaged, I don't even know what does that mean. So it was very hard one for me to put a big statement for a four statement, put it out on Twitter, begging people to please share it, tagging people and do that. So I made a lot of noise about that. And then I brought that. So first for no eviction, even for no eviction was something they were kind of, they were thinking about considering or not. So I was like, you, you would do it or I'll do it myself individually. So I was very determined about it because I've, I've read the bill, I knew what was going on. So, and very fortunate enough, the no eviction responded very positively and they, they said, uh, we'll help you. So we made a group, different group, it's still a part of no eviction. So it's our focusing of the no immigration bill, what we were trying to concentrate on just highlight because it was too much information very very it was too much very yeah. informative uh, and it was a lot of law inserted a lot of law was deleted removed so 
we're trying to focus on the damage highlight the damage and uh, we made a poster so uh, we shared a poster on Twitter and everywhere with our network so we we rose a lot of uh, we rose awareness at the time and we had a good response from everywhere from MPs MSPs and they were trying they were trying to get engaged and after that we've done that and then we uh, we got pressed we got pressed to cover our uh, our concerns and then what we've done uh, we tried to organise, we, we've organised the protests in front of Scottish Parliament. Mm -hmm. Obviously for some people it was nonsense because the immigration matter is a reserve matter. Why would we go in, a Scottish, in front of Scottish Parliament and asking Scottish Government to act? Mm -hmm. But we thought like Scottish Government can do something more than just saying, oh, it's a reserve matter. So we, we went there, we have uh, MPs and MSPs coming out, please let us talk and let us share our concern and we were happy. So. We managed to send a clear message, say it loud and say it clear, refugees are welcome here. So we send that message, that was our message. Um, at least, you know, at least in Scotland, in Scotland we have the politician somehow, you know, calling refugees new Scots. Very good approach. So we rose up, so the no immigration bill was something that Scottish government, through the protest, they confirmed that they are against it and they know they're not cooperating. For example, and one of the things they they said we're not going going to cooperate in the new, in the new immigration bill that says we're using the barracks, and the barracks and uh, and the army place to house asylum seekers, and Scottish government in response say we will not going to be, do that. So great achievement. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a sorry. I have I have a follow up question, but it's not about that, Catherine. So no, go on, you go, you go. Um, it was. Because you also mentioned, and it, it comes to my mind because you mentioned the barracks and stuff, you also mentioned that you have a campaign going on against MIRS, um, which, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Savan, they're, uh, they're one of those big, shady uh, conglomerates that does loads of stuff like G4S and Circo and all those kind of things. And what they do, what I know them for is they do a lot of the um, immigration housing in the UK, is that right? Could you talk a little bit about Mears and the work that you've been doing around that? Yeah, sure. So it was a campaign, uh, lots of campaign, I think, if I'm not wrong, it was somewhat few, several months ago. So really, really bad from, you know, from memory. My, my, I've got a very bad memory. But uh, so what we launched a we launched a campaign against Mears Group because Mears was treating asylum seekers terribly, put them in a house, very bad food, bad hygiene. People was it, it was in the middle of the pandemic. It wasn't COVID COVID secure, and Mears Group was trying to get the cheapest, the cheapest, cheapest house for asylum seekers. They were actually moving asylum seekers in their house to to hotels. That was something. I was one one thing was amazed me when I spoke to, to one of the Mears uh, director. I think it was director, and I asked him. I was like, I was just, I'm just wondering because UK government saying you're not allowed to. Hospitality sector was totally closed. Hotel hotel for me is a hospitality sector, but you're using the hospitality sector for asylum seekers. If it's okay for for asylum seekers, why is it not okay for for other people? If it is not okay for other people, why is it okay for asylum seekers? So, so I was like, is it like something that COVID-19 will recognize your citizenship or your legal status or COVID-19 will treat, will, you know, contract with every human being? How can you put 200 people in a, in a hotel and how can you, you know, how's that safe for them? 
and in response they said oh we've tried our best and stuff like that and I'll share one information with you that I never shared with anyone else so in I was like I was really interested why these house conditions are very bad so I managed to get someone that they were housing they were given houses for uh, home office and circle and stuff like that that was a temporary accommodation they were provided they showed me the picture of the house brilliant house you would love to live in but do you know what they, what he said he said uh, they took us our contract away because our house was too good too good for them so they were like basically they told us very very clearly we look for the cheapest house with the worst condition that rat playing playing football in the kitchen you know so mugs and moldy and all of that so basically what Mir's done a profit maker that's what happens when you have private companies taking over of something I could call humanitarian crisis so if got one billion pound contract and they trying to spend as minimum as possible they were paying this stuff very very you know minimum wage and they're treating the staff and asylum seekers uh, like very inhumanly so we stood up for that and we were comparing contrast the asylum seekers house to the director stuff so we made a website called landlord the, the landlord uh, landlords asylum seekers so we, we we've done that we found out one of the director got living in a house worth two point something million pound and he was the one saying oh uh, put in four people or put in 25 people in the barracks it's okay it's appropriate but he was living in 2.3 million house just right next to the barrack in Sheffield so we put that his photo put on the website and share it so that's basically uh, what we were what we were doing uh, against mirrors and I could say they really feared of our campaign because we exposed a lot of information about them. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you, Savan. And uh, I think that the those kind of those kind of struggles against um, like uh, accommodation for refugees, migrants, asylum seekers, I think is it feels like it's really been like a key point of struggle in the last. 12 18 months because of covid but it's not i think i guess it's really important to also reflect on the fact that it's not a one-off it's not a covid thing like migrants are housed in terrible conditions they were housed in terrible conditions before covid and they'll probably continue to be housed in terrible conditions as we start to transition out of like out of covid times regardless of how true that is because there's still a lot of virus around <laughs> you're absolutely right you point out a very very good point you know the housing was terrible always been terrible because because always been in the hand of private companies and private mm -hmm. companies always focus on one thing which is profit mm, yeah and i think and i think even when it even when it's been state run like it's like the thing i think of often is like prisons there's a thing people talk about with prisons like obviously there's there's an element of prisons and detention which is like when prisons are run for private profit then that can be a thing that is really like exacerbating like really making worse some of the really horrific elements of prison but then even when they're run by the state they're still terrible like it's still a prison <laughs> and so like and i think that's often the case with like uh migrant accommodation as well like even when it's run by the state it's still often really bad like i think of people struggles that i see people who are like friends friends of friends sammy in, in i would the say area that i live i would say i would i would add one more thing to that so to, mm. you know the the prison kind of thing so the prison example if it is run by a private a private company and versus run by government 
So we can give we we can have two examples. One of the examples is Serco running a prison in Scotland in HMP Kilmarnock. So this prison. So how do you have a perfect service by giving your those people who provide the service good wage and respect them? You know they're working 40, 40 hours per week. I know our situation is not prison, but forty hours per week they get eighty thousand per year. So basically nine pound per hour and become a prison officer in 12 hours they all shut it and obviously they don't have that you know they're all depressed and they're all thinking about the life they've been they thinking about the wage of oh, this this wage i'm getting you know it's not worth it so obviously they're not they not do their best you know to rehabilitate our prisons and stuff like that but versus that we have we have prison run by government we have netherlands we have we, we in netherlands we have a prison there and one can say i wish to live in that prison because it's run by government, it's very nice and calm and they actually rehabilitate people. So the situation with, obviously in the UK is very different, it's a capitalist, very capitalist in the way like everything's about profit. But I wish that was government, uh, you know, UK government was running all of those kind of stuff, prisons, housing, accommodation and all of that stuff because it's all subcontract. They give a billion pounds to Mears, Mears going looking for cheaper and that company looking for cheaper and then you get the cheapest quality that's the problem with that yeah 100 percent. and i think we can i'll try and uh not sidetrack us into a big conversation around like prisons and rehabilitation and all this kind of stuff because i could definitely I, I go tap, on that sidetrack for ages I but i think out. yeah 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 but i think that i think the the point that you make is a really good one around like that what like what what often matters and what can be a real site of struggle is like is the conditions regardless of what causes them right like the the point is the conditions are really bad and like that is a site of struggle um exactly and uh let's maybe let's park that one and come back to it maybe later and mm -hmm. i think there's another question that we wanted to ask you a little bit of a tangent um is um how do you um like live the values of no evictions network in whatever sense you've got them um in the outward facing work that you do like what do you do to put your values into practice so it was a good question and it is still a good question <laughs> and so what we do basically we raise an awareness in in the communities and basic, but we raise awareness around ourselves as well so we refresh ourselves what we stand for and what we against what we stand for and why we against those things for example uh, in any meeting we go the first thing we do reading reading out a statement and that's it when we're talking about equality sorry uh we're talking about equality we're talking about respect we're talking about you know all of this kind of uh, virtues so uh what we do we refresh ourselves all the time it doesn't mean all of all of us uh, all of us always you know practice it you know as best as possible but we try our best as possible to be as respectful as possible and we try to reflect that on our works and with our colleagues and also with those people we approach so i know i've got 10 minutes to talk about that but <laughs> i couldn't say uh, i can i can give you one one thing about it so obviously this group we have same value that's why we all came together so it reminds me something of aristotle aristotle say when you have a good virtue it says one one with a good virtue will always do good so we hopefully what we do it says regardless he says regardless where they go and regardless what they do regardless when they do they always do good 
because they have good virtue. So people with good virtue, I hope we are one of them. So we're trying to reflect uh, to our colleagues and to our friends as much as possible. Great, thank you. Um, I think that's a very, uh, I think that's a very concise answer in terms of the question. So thank you for that. Um, uh, Catherine? Yeah, so I feel like because you've named so many of the amazing campaigns that you're working on and a lot of different kinds of actions that you're you're doing and have done over the last while, um, some of our listeners might be wanting to know how they could get involved uh, with No Evictions Network. And I was just wondering if you could share with us how people might be able to join you or work with you if they wanted to. Of course, that will, that's a great chance to asking people to join us. Uh, they can join us through our social media. Our Twitter is No Eviction Network and our Facebook is No Eviction Network Glasgow. I don't use Facebook, but I'm sure that's, mm -hmm. that's what it is. And it's same for Instagram. And we go phone numbers or we go website as well. Just write down No Eviction Glasgow, you will see our website and there's phone number there. There is detail that you can you can gain touch with us. Obviously, we are very, very happy, you know, to expand our uh, our group as much as possible. And we love to hear from anyone who got the same virtue. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. And we can share in the show notes the links to the Twitter and the website and the social media. So thanks so much for that. Thanks once again to Savan from No Evictions Network for being on this episode. As already mentioned, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. They are at no underscore evictions and their Facebook page is Glasgow No Evictions Campaign. As always, thanks to Klaus and Kareem Zamara for letting us use their music for backing tracks. Shout out to Rowan for doing transcriptions on these episodes as well. And if you want to find out more about Resist and Renew, you can also follow us on socials. Our website is resistrenew.com, where you can find the transcripts for all the episodes. And we also have a Patreon. Um, so if you want to support the production of this podcast and future episodes, uh, please consider giving that. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time.